Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All the way up until Easter. So we're going like all the way to April 12th. But I'm super pumped about this. I'm excited about this because as Christians, if we call ourselves a Christian, if we call ourselves a follower of Christ, all of that is based on Jesus. It's based on who Jesus is. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time just jumping in and talking about Jesus. Because the truth is there would be no church without him. There would be no Christianity without Jesus. Again, Christianity started with Jesus. Our relationship with God starts with Jesus. It starts with the fact that he did what he said he was going to do. He came, he lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and then three days later, he promised that he would conquer death. He would conquer sin and leave the tomb empty, and he did it. And listen, for me, when somebody says they're going to do that, and they do it, I'm going to follow him. And that's what Christianity is all about. And it's the start of it. It's the premise of everything. And what we're going to do today is we're going to jump in, and we're going to start this series where we're digging in and getting to know Jesus more in depth. And we're going to jump in. We're going to talk a little bit about his life. We're going to talk uh, some about his teachings over the next coming weeks, specifically the, the parables and the way he taught and really how they can uh, apply to our lives and how we can apply the principles and truths that he gave through them. And then we're going to look at uh, some of the miracles that he did. We're going to look at some of the works that he did, some of the, some of the healings he did, and, and talk about how it can even impact our lives today as well. So again, as we start this series, I think it's important for us to understand why we're in this. And really, here's why. Here's the big idea for today and really kind of the premise of this, this series. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God. The more we get to know the Son, the more we get to know the Father. And as Christians, if we call ourselves a follower of Christ, that's the goal. Right? It's to look more and more like Jesus. To, to become more and more like Him. To know more and more about Him. In fact, Jesus said it this way Himself in John chapter 14, verses 11 through 12. So if you have a Bible, you can go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the, the Version Bible app, which is a, an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. And again, for you, if you, we always push this. It probably is annoying, but we want you reading your Bibles more than just on a Sunday morning. And the Bible app is a great way to do that. There's actually reading plans. I love seeing this week. A lot of people that were, you can be friends with people, uh, but a lot of people that I was friends with, they're, they're starting their, their reading plan for the whole entire year. You can read through the Bible in a year and it like takes you and tracks you through that. So it's just an amazing way to do that. Uh, we also still, we believe in actual real Bibles too. So we have those. If you don't have a real Bible, uh, we have those out there at the Connect Center. We would love to get in your hands as well. But in this passage of scripture, John 14, 11 through 12, this is Jesus talking and says this. He says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Right here's the passage of Scripture that's really the, the basis for this whole series. And it's a passage of Scripture hopefully you highlight, maybe even memorize. But it's saying, Jesus saying is believe what I'm saying. I believe what I'm teaching. Believe in the things and the, and the truths that I'm giving you. And then not only that, believe in the works, right? Believe in the example that I've set. Believe in the evidence of, of what I've done. Because when you do, because when you see these, when you experience these, it gives us an insight to our Heavenly Father, right? It gives us a glimpse of, of really who God is. And not only that, it allows God to work through us, 
It goes on to say to do even greater things than these. Listen, that's a huge task. But it's a task that we're given as a church. It's a task that we're given as followers of Christ. And it's a task that we can accomplish if we get to know Jesus more. And if we get to know God more. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God. The more we get to know the Son, the more we get to know the Father. Because as the saying goes, like Father, like Son. So today what we're going to do is we're going to jump in and we're going to look at Jesus. We're going to look at the Son. But before we do, let's just start off a little right here. How many of you guys have ever uh, met somebody who looks exactly like their parents? Or maybe you are that somebody, right? We've all kind of seen them before. So what I want to do is I want to... My parents, they're actually gone and now into Alabama for the next two months. So like this is, a, this is free time for me to go ahead and show random pictures of my dad and make fun of him. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to jump in and we're going to see a picture of my dad at the same age I am right now. So 37, 38 years old. Let's check it out. Greg Huffman, ladies and gentlemen. Now, look at that. No, no whistling. <laughs> now, I've been told that I look a little bit like him, right? I mean, throw a beard on there, throw a goofy face on my face. All right, well, you said I already have that, right? But then dead on, right? Dead on ringer. My dad and I, we do. We have a lot of resemblances together. We look alike. In fact, we looked alike since uh, really going all the way back from when I was a kid. So we have another picture of us, uh, I believe, right here. And uh, yep, there's my dad. There's myself. And it's the exact same standing posture, right? dead on. Now, this picture is a huge bonus. There's a couple of things in this picture that I just want to point out. What you didn't know is this is a three-generation picture because my, uh, my grandfather, my dad's dad, is Fred Flintstone. So, right? And then, not only that, so you see my sister with the sweet 1980s perm right there. Classic. And then the other little boy, that's actually DJ Commas for, ladies and gentlemen. And look at that. He's giving me the same look he still gives me on Sunday mornings from the same area, right? So, so another one though too for like father, like son. Sometimes my, my son and I, Griffin, we have a, we have some similarities as well. So let's go ahead and we'll show, show another picture of that. Hey, that's me at the same age as my son, Griffin. And amazingly, we're missing the exact same tooth, right? So a little bit of similarities. Um, I think there's another one. Let's, uh, let's continue on and that, yep, same exact face. A little bit goofy. And then, so my son and I do, we look a little bit alike, but my daughter and I, we've been like spinning images since she was born. So I think we have a, a photo of her, yep, when she was born. And uh, yeah, reenactment, dead on, right? <laughs> now listen, so like father, like son, parents and hey, kids, they, we do have some similarities. Right? There's some physical characteristics that sometimes are, are very similar, whether it's the same eye color, whether it's the same hair color, Maybe it's the same body type, even the, the same stance, maybe some certain facial features. But the truth is, it goes beyond just physical as well, right? It also it pertains to, to personality traits, to temperament, and to attitude as well. I mean, think about it. How many of you have ever done something, and then like in that moment, you're like, oh my goodness, I just turned in to my parent, right? We've been there before, right? We've been there before. I know for me, I'm like, the more and the older I get, the more I catch myself doing this. And for sometimes I'm like, some of them are good, but other times I just shake my head and think like, come on, Greg Huffman, what are you thinking? In fact, over the past couple of years, I, um, I've taken on a new task at the house. I've been doing laundry, like I'm stepping up as a husband, right? So I, just so back when I hated laundry, like in college, I would like pay girls that I knew to do laundry for me. And it, actually guys too, it didn't matter. I'd pay anybody to do laundry for me. So I hated it with a passion. But over the last couple of years, I, I started doing it. And Why? because I'm turning into my father. So my dad did laundry growing up in our house. 
And he was the type of guy, like, he would have it done right instantly. Once you throw it in the hamper, it's going in the washer and dryer. Like, I probably actually only need, like, a pair of pajamas and, like, one pair of clothes growing up because I could throw it in the dirty clothes, and by the time I woke up, it was magically clean. So this is why I hated laundry because this is I just thought it happened that way, right? But no, every day, he and what we call it is, it's called OCD, right? But what happens is I'm getting it as well. There's something about seeing a hamper and being completely empty, knowing that even the washer and dryer are empty as well. They're like, it's this complete feeling of satisfaction. But what it is, it's me turning in to my father, and it's scary. Pray for me, guys. You gotta pray for me. There's other things I do too. Even the way I parent, there's sometimes like I'm talking to Griff or I'm talking to Berkeley, and even like disciplining, I'm looking, I'm like, oh no, I just turned into him. I did it again. And there's, there's times my wife will even call me out on it. Listen, it's not the greatest moment when she does, but she'll call me out on it when I'm acting just like my, my dad, when I say things certain ways and when I, when I do things just like him. A lot of times it is like father, like son. And I, I see it with Griffin, my son as well. There's times where I look at him and he's like doing things exactly like me. Like even the way he lays down to sleep, he's got one hand over his head, super relaxed, chill. I'm like, dude, that's, that's me right there, like relaxed completely. And even it's his personality and temperament. So if you don't know, I'm a morning person. Like I'm the type of person that I like to wake up and like I will have a full-on conversation with you right when I wake up. Now my wife Sarah, can t- she can't stand it. She's like, dude, what are you doing? Do not talk to me. I haven't had coffee. I haven't done anything yet. Why are you even thinking about talking to me? Me, I'm like, well, here's what we got to do today. Here's what happened yesterday. Now my son Griffin, he's just like me. Wakes up, he's ready to talk. He's like, got joy in his heart, ready to roll. He's like, I'm going to own this day today, dad, right? Because he has that. There's some things that he's just like me because there's truth to the saying, like father, like son. There's truth to that saying. And like, and and it's true with our heavenly father as well with Jesus. It's true for God and Jesus. And this is why I'm excited about this season because the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God. The closer we get to him, the more connected we get to him. So what I want to do today is I want to jump in and I want to talk a little bit about Jesus' life. And I want to jump all the way back to really when Jesus was a boy, right? to, to when he was a child, because there's some principles, there's some truths that we can learn from him all the way back to when he was a child. In fact, Jesus set the standard for us in the beginning of his life. Right? He showed us how to start right. He showed us how to grow and he showed us how to connect with God. And we see this in uh, one of the only passages of Scripture where we see Jesus as a child which is in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. So if you have your Bibles, flip back there with me to Luke chapter 2, 41 through 52. And we'll start off here in verse 41. It says this. It says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And so we'll just stop right there and just give a little insight about how Jesus grew up. And you see, if you look at this, the fact that Jesus' parents went to the Passover, went to Jerusalem for the Passover every year, really shows that they had this high level of commitment, right? They were devoted Jews at this time. They took God extremely seriously. And if you look at this, they took Jesus with them. So this kind of, this really parallels some of the Old Testament and uh, 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2 where where Hannah was taking Samuel to the temple. So through this series, obviously, we're not going to be spending a lot of time in the Old Testament. But what's amazing is there's a lot of different parallels. So I'm going to kind of shoot those to you and then I'm going to challenge you maybe to write that down and go back and read it throughout this week. So this week, go back and read 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. But again, this gives some insight of how Jesus grew up. He grew up in a, a somewhat of a, a religious home. He grew up with parents who were, who were devoted. I right? see at this time, Passover, 
It was required for those who lived within 20 miles. It was required for the men who lived within 20 miles of Jerusalem. So women were more than welcome, but men were required if they lived within 20 miles. But Mary and Joseph, they actually lived, they lived in a town called Nazareth, which was about 60 miles away. So for them, they weren't actually required to go. Right? They weren't required to make the trip, but they still did. So this trip, it obviously took some expenses and it took some time as well, but they were devoted enough to do it. And they had these intentions of really connecting with God and even connecting Jesus with God as well. In fact, at this time, Jesus was 12 when they were taken. Verse 42 says, when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. So really though, a young Jewish boy wasn't required to go to Passover until he was 13. So like, again, showing that Mary and Joseph and Jesus, they're, they're go-getters, right? They're devoted. It's really kind of a, a great little instrument of how we should be bringing our kids to church on a consistent basis. But that may be another story. That may be another sermon, right? But this is where, this is how Jesus grew up. He grew up with some devoted parents who had great intentions and good intentions of connecting with God. But here's really where the story gets good here in verse 43. It says this, after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. So they left him, right? <laughs> they, they, they lost Jesus. That's some pretty good stuff right there. These stories don't get any better than that. I guess it's like, this is how the Bible is sometimes. But think about this. How many of you have ever lost a child before if you're a parent? How many of you ever lost a kid in a, in a store or anything like that? Maybe we can go this way. How many of you as a kid have ever wandered away from your parents and got lost? I remember J.C. Penney growing up. That was great. You could get inside the corrals of the, co- of, the, of the clothes. It was the grating hiding spot ever. And then you could hear this panic in your mom's voice. Right? For me, I went by Corby Huffman as a little boy. But so when I got called Corbin, you know, it was serious. So there's times I would just disappear hiding from my mom. And then I'd hear, Corbin, Corbin. Like there was, it was anger mixed with panic all put together. Right? This is really where Mary and Joseph were. It's like anger and rage there, right? Because of course, it's got to be the kid's fault, right? But this is where Mary and Joseph were. They were in this state of panic. And it wasn't like they had just left Jesus for a couple of minutes, right? They just didn't lose him for a short time. I'm talking they had left him and they had lost him for days. Right? Check this out. Verse 44 says, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, right? They traveled for a whole day without Jesus. Really, they probably traveled for about 20 minutes, so or 20 miles, right? So guess what? They had to travel back, right? So it was another full day trip back, and they ended up not finding him for three days. Now, we can look at this and say, man, Mary and Joseph, they had Although they had good intentions, they were terrible parents. They may have been religious, but they were terrible parents. But the truth is, this is kind of actually somewhat normal. Like they would just assume, they would travel in caravans together. They would assume the kids would just kind of tow in line. So that oftentimes the kids would, would play kind of in the back of the caravan together. They'd all go together with families and all this. So really, if you look at it, this was somewhat an easy thing to do for Mary and Joseph. It was easy for them to lose Jesus. So really, the bigger part of the story is actually where Jesus was. He wasn't playing with the kids, but he was about his father's business. He was in the temple courts. See, he already grasped his mission. He already knew who he was. He already knew who his heavenly father was. And he was displaying himself a little bit to others. And really, they were amazed at it. Verse 47 continues on. 
It says, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. So here's Jesus, and he's in the temples. He's, he's asking questions. He's answering questions. And really, at this time, one of the biggest ways of learning, one of the biggest ways of teaching, as far as in the Jewish and with rabbis, where they would just ask questions back and forth, right? And this is what Jesus was doing. This is where he was. So when they saw him, they were astonished. When Mary saw him, she was astonished as well. She's thinking this is great, but she still had those mama instincts in her as well, right? Because right when he saw him, it says this. It says his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I'm just guessing that Mary's tone and this question had that combination of anger and rage mixed together, right? I mean, this is something that had been stewing in panic, anger for over three days. But check out Jesus' response. Jesus says, why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Another translation goes on and says, about my father's business. Here's Jesus. I think he responds just calmly. He's basically saying like, father, like son. Again, Jesus knew his purpose. He knew who he was, but they didn't yet. Verse 50 says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. If you look at this, this is really like the only account we see as Jesus as a child. And there's some incredible things, incredible lessons that we can learn from it. There's some amazing insights to who he was. There's some amazing insights that, that point to who God is as well. And it shows us really how we should respond. And if you look at Mary and Joseph, as well-intentioned as they were, they were still missing out on Jesus. Right? As well-intentioned as they were, they are still missing out on Jesus. I think sometimes the truth is, as well-intentioned as we are, we still miss out on Jesus in our life as well. Because of this, intentions are not really our reality. Intentions and reality are not the same thing. I mean, let's be honest, this time is a time of year where we have some great intentions, right? It's a new year, 2020, perfect vision, all that, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, we're, we're totally in, right? We have great intentions. Right? For some of us, we have some intentions of maybe being coming healthier. For some of us, maybe we have some intentions of making better financial decisions. Like this is the year we're going to start to get out of debt. We're going to make it happen, right? This is the year that we're going to quit spending more than we earn, right? We've got some good intentions, right? Maybe we have some good intentions to spend more time with our family, more quality time with them to connect with them better. Maybe we have some more intentions, maybe even choosing our words a little bit better, choosing our words a little bit more wisely, right? Instead of using words that cut people down, maybe we're going to be more encouraging. Maybe instead of using words that, that may rub people the wrong way, maybe we're actually going to actually sit and think about them. Like we have intentions for doing these things. But let me ask you. How are those intentions coming along? And if you have intentions of getting healthier, have you made it to the gym? And I know it's only been a week, but have you made it consistently? Or did you just go that one time? Were you that one that was just gung-ho, like, dude, January 1st, I'm here, 5 in the morning, let's do this. And then you're done, right? You went a little too gung-ho. Maybe that's where you are. How are your intentions coming along? Have you intentions of, of uh, making better financial decisions? How's your budget? You're like, budget? What's that mean? I thought it was just going to happen. No, you actually have to put a plan together, and it has to be something that can work. It's not just hopes and dreams on a piece of paper, but it's something that you actually work together. Right? How's, your, how's your time with your family? Have you already planned out like family dates? Have you put your family time on your calendar, or are you just saying, you know, I want it to be good? I, I want something to happen this year. Right? Have you placed accountability in your life for the words you say? 
Do your intentions match up with reality? I think a lot of times they don't. And I think a lot of times we miss out on connecting with Jesus because of it. If you look at Mary and Joseph, they had some great intentions. Right? They had some great intentions. They were going to the temple. Right? They are intentional about all of this. And all that's great, right? But the reality is Jesus was right there with them. Jesus was right there in front of them. And I think for some of us, this is where we are. We have great intentions of maybe connecting with God this year. We have great intentions of, of you know what, I'm finally, I'm going to take a step forward and I'm going, to, I'm going to serve, I'm going to do all these different things. But we're missing out on the fact that Jesus is right in front of us. That he wants to connect with us. I think many times we forget that. And I think, just like Mary and Joseph, I think we start our journey without him. If you look at Mary and Joseph, what they do? They traveled for a full day without Jesus. How long have you traveled without Jesus? How long have you put your plans ahead of God's plan in your life? I think sometimes this is how you do, and because of this, we end up searching for God. We search for Him in the wrong places. Much like Mary and Joseph, they were searching in the wrong places. I mean, look at Him. They searched for three days to find Him. But it wasn't like Jesus was moving around. Jesus was just hanging out in the temple. He was being about His Father's business. I think we're honest ourselves, sometimes we search for him in the wrong places. We search for him in our own business. We search for him in our own plans. But understand this, his plans are greater than us, and they're always going to be better than ours. And we need to search for him there. We need to search for him there. Other times, though, I think we miss out on God. I think we miss out on connecting with Jesus and really growing with him because we have this misguided anger. And if you look at Mary's initial response, what well, she was upset with Jesus. Now again, this is completely natural. If you're a mother and you've been upset with your kids because they left you or you lost them, like you understand this, right? It's completely natural. But who left who? Mary and Joseph are the ones that left Jesus behind. But yet Mary was, initially, she was, she was angry at Jesus, right? It's a misguided anger. And I think, to be honest with ourselves, I think some of us, we have a misguided anger towards Jesus in our lives, right? There's some of us that maybe, maybe we've been hurt by a church before. Maybe we've been hurt by people in church. Maybe we've just been hurt by people in general. And because of it, we left Jesus and we're mad at Jesus because of it, right? I think the truth is sometimes we miss out on Jesus because we have this misguided anger. Maybe we have some circumstances that came up and we're holding a grudge towards God because of it and it's keeping us connecting with God. And we left him, right? What is this misguided anger? But here's the good news. No matter where you are, no matter how you came in into this church today, no matter what you're going through, Jesus' response is still the same. I believe that Jesus, he has a calmness and acceptance to him, just like he did with Mary. Hey, if you look back, what do you say to Mary? He says, why are you searching for me? Like basically, hey, what's, what's going on? What's, what's the big deal? What's happening? What, what, what do you need me for? And then he goes and says this, didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? And didn't you know that it'd be about my father's business? Basically he's saying God's plan will prevail and it always will. So what's the big deal? Right? I'm going to be about my father's business and because of that, it's all taken care of. Right? Because of that, God has this. God's got this under control. Now listen, I think no matter where you are today, Jesus' response is the same to you. Right? It's, just a, it's an easy, what's going on? Right? What are you going through? And then you know what? Let's just be about my father's business because God's got this. God is bigger than any hurt. God is bigger than any situation you're going through. God is bigger than any of these things. And he's got it all put together. But we just got to know him a little bit more. We just got to connect with him a little bit more. And what if, what if in your situation right now, what if instead of trying to, what if instead of trying to bring God in your situation, what if you just moved your situation and put it in God's? 
put it in God's plan in the first place. Imagine what could happen. Listen, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God. And the more we get to know the Son, the more we get to know the Father. And here's how we get to know Him. I think from this passage of Scripture, we can see a couple things. Number one is we have to search for Jesus in the right place. Again, I think some of us, we're searching in the wrong place. Right? We're searching for Him within our plans. But we need to search for Him in the right place. Again, Jesus says this, didn't you know that I'd be in my Father's house or about my Father's business? From the very beginning, at the young age, as a young boy, Jesus was setting the standard. And he's saying that I would be about my Father's house. I would be about my Father's business. So some of us, we want to know Jesus more. Right? Some of us, we want to bring Jesus more in our lives, but we keep going on just living our own lives. We keep going on just being about our own business. We do our thing. Right? And then maybe... If something goes wrong, maybe we look to Jesus as that Hail Mary play. Or maybe we look to, to Jesus as that last resort. But understand this, Jesus isn't the last resort. He's the first response. And I think sometimes too, maybe even sometimes we actually do this. Maybe things are going well. We have our plan. Everything's going well. And we're thinking, you know what? It just seems like something's missing. Right? There seems like there just could be something more. So what do we do? Then we invite Jesus into our plan. It's almost like an afterthought, but understand this. Jesus is never an afterthought. He's not an added bonus. He is the basis for everything. He's not supplemental. Listen, Jesus isn't supplemental. He's fundamental. He has to come first, and we have to search for him in the right place. Right? We need to search for him first. We need to search for Jesus in his Father's house, doing his Father's business, which really we can kind of change this action step up. If we're going to search for him in the right place, guess what that means? We need to be about his Father's business as well. Right? We need to be in his father's house as well. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to search from the right place, but be about his business. Search from the right place by being about God's business, by being in the father's house. And for you, maybe that means you're actually changing up some of your plans. Right? Maybe, maybe you kind of your goals for 2020. Maybe you need to go back and look at them and say, you know what, are these mine or are these God's plans? And if they're not God's plans, adjust them. Listen, be about his business. Right? understand and seek him, seek him in the right place and, and hear from him. One incredible way to hear from him is by reading the Bible. Right? We have an incredible resource that God speaks to us through. It's the Bible. This is why we push the Bible app every single week. Why? Because it's a tangible way that we can hear from God. It's a way that we can even follow up and we can do it every single day. Like, don't just wait till Sunday morning, but read your Bible every single day. God's word is in there. He wants to speak to us. Right? And not only listen to it, but actually apply it as well. Because I want to challenge you to see from the right place. Read your Bible. Another way is just to connect with Him through prayer. I've talked about this before, but prayer is a conversation with God, which means that sometimes we have to listen. See, I think a lot of times we get frustrated. Like, I don't really know how to pray. I got my 30 seconds. I, I pray as hard as I can, and I got my list down, and then I'm done. I'm like, oh, I'm tired, and I'm burnt out. You know what? Slow down a little bit, and it's okay to be silent. That's not, again, I've said this. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but there's times that when I've slowed down enough, I feel God nudge me in certain ways. Right? I feel him talk to me and, and push me in certain areas. Well, you've got to slow down enough for it. You've got to listen as well. Maybe for you, maybe to search God in the right place and is, is to uh, put yourself around people that are going in the same direction. Right? This is why we push life groups. Maybe for you, jump into a life group this year. Right? Surround yourself with people going in the same direction. Surround yourself with people that can, that can help you grow closer to him. Maybe for you, it's to model Jesus in serving. Again, we look the most like Jesus when we serve. So for us, maybe to us to be about his father's business is for us to serve others, whether that's out in the community, whether that's here at church, there's different opportunities. I challenge you to do it. 
Listen, Jesus is right here in front of us. Let's not miss him, right? Let's search for him in the right place. Number one, search for him in the right place. Number two is this. It's to model his obedience. Listen, we need to model the obedience of, of Jesus. Right? If you look at it, it says that Jesus was obedient to his parents. Right? He was obedient to his earthly parents at that because he understood authority. He understood how impactful it made. In fact, this is almost a foreshadowing for his later life, the fact that he was obedient to God and he submitted himself really to God's will so that he would even die on a cross, right? We need to model the obedience of Jesus. I think some of us, we have a desire to, to know Jesus more, but we're frustrated and we're stuck. And really it's because we're stuck in the spirit of rebellion. Listen, it may sound rough, but it's true. I mean, just think about this. Let me ask you, are there things that you don't do just because somebody asked you to do it? Are there things that you do do just because you know it's going to drive somebody nuts? Did you laugh just because I said do-do in a sentence? Right? <laughs> Think about that, though. Are there things that you do just because you know it's going to drive somebody nuts? Right? Are there parts of your agenda that you're placing higher than others? Are there parts of your agenda that you're placing higher than, than the agenda of the authority that's even placed in your life? Are there parts of your plan, your agenda, that you're placing higher than God's plan and agenda for your life? Listen, if so... The answer is you're in a spirit of rebellion, right? And you need to understand authority. And authority is one of those things that can be very frustrating. In fact, we're probably going to spend, a, this year, we're going to spend a, a few weeks actually talking about authority in our lives. But I want you to understand this today. I want you to understand that not all authority is godly, but all authority is from God, which means this. We need to respond with obedience, right? Romans 13.1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Right? Those are some bold words. Those are some hard words to swallow, but the truth is it means that we have authorities placed in our life for a reason, and we need to respond with those authorities by modeling the obedience of Jesus. Right? Again, if you look at Jesus, he understood authority, and he understood it from a young age. Right? He understood what it means to submit, right? so much so that later he gave his life for us. Again, verse 51, though, as a young age, he says this. It says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, to his earthly parents. From a young age, we, we need to model this same obedience as well. So think about it. In your life, is there an area where you're slacking in this area? Is there an area in your life where you're slacking in obedience? If so, fix it. So for you, maybe at work, maybe, maybe your workplace is the place you feel the most disconnected from God. But maybe for you, maybe you're in constant agreement with your boss. Maybe for you, you're in constant disagreement with your company, right? with, with the authorities placed in your life. And listen, I'll tell you this. If what they're asking of you is not going against Scripture, you need to be obedient. Right? Because God placed you in that job for a reason. God placed you under that authority for a reason. And we need to model the obedience of Jesus. Now listen, if your company is blatantly asking you to do stuff that's against Scripture, it's probably time to find a new job, right? It's tidy time to find yourself a place where you can submit yourself to a different authority. But maybe for you, maybe your job place, maybe it's a frustration. Let me ask you though, do you look like Jesus? Are you modeling obedience in that? Maybe for you, maybe it's your family. Right? Maybe you're constantly fighting with your family, whether it's your spouse. Listen, there's times where your spouse can tell us to do something and let's just be honest, right? He could rub us the wrong way. We're like, no, I don't want to do that. But listen, God's placed our spouses in our life. I often like to say that that. Sarah is uh, pretty much how the Holy Spirit talks to me, right? She'll say this thing, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that, but it's so true. Come on. 
God placed our spouses in our life for a reason. God placed our parents in our life for a reason. Listen, if you're a student and you're, and you're rebellious against your parents, guess what? Things aren't going to go well for you. All the parents said amen, right? Because God placed certain authorities in our life and we need to model Jesus' obedience when we have those authorities in our life. And when we do, when we model his obedience, we're going to go closer to him, right? We're going to go closer and closer to him. So number two is model his obedience. And then number three is that we have to continue to grow. And to connect with God, we have to continue to grow. To know Jesus more, we have to continue to grow. I want to challenge you, make 2020 a year of growth. Right? I, want, I want to challenge you not just to become complacent. Don't become stagnant. Just don't think like, oh, this is it. This is, this is where I'm tapping out, right? This, I feel pretty good about myself, so I'm, I'm just going to just level out here. No, keep growing. I keep moving forward. If you look at this passage, it said this. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to grow in these same areas. Right? Grow in wisdom. Wisdom is this. Wisdom is when we have knowledge and we have the ability to apply that knowledge. Right? Wisdom is when we have knowledge and we even have experience in applying that knowledge and we can even portray that to others. Because I want to challenge you to grow in wisdom. This year, learn something new, but not just learn it, actually apply it. Right? Live it out. Make it happen. And a great way to learn something new is to, again, stay in the Word, stay in Scripture. And Proverbs is an incredible book where you can really learn wisdom. It's about wisdom. There's 31 chapters. You could read a chapter a day for this whole entire year and then not only just read it, but apply it. And guess what? You end up growing in wisdom. You will be a different person if you do that from now until the end of the year. You'll grow in wisdom. I want to challenge you to do it. Another one says grow in stature. Some of you guys are thinking like, dude, I can't grow any taller. Like I tapped out when I was 20. And here's some of you guys are like, dude, I definitely don't want to grow wider. Like that's a whole goal. Right? But stature also means this. It means respect. I want to challenge you to grow in respect. And here's how you grow in respect. Right? You gain respect by giving respect. You grow in respect by giving others respect. You grow in respect by living out the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12 says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. That's how you grow in respect. So think about it. This year, are there some people that you need to give respect to? Are there some people that, that you need to live out the golden rule with? Do it and grow in stature and then grow in favor. Hey, grow in approval. Grow in support and, and not just approval from, from men, but approval from God as well. Right? And what this looks like is growing in approval from God. It looks like becoming more and more like Jesus. Becoming more and more Christ-like. Modeling him in everything we do. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. That's how we grow in favor. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to grow. Make 2020 a year of growth. Right? Get to know Jesus more by searching for him in the right place. Right? By being about his father's business and then modeling his, obe his obedience and then continuing to grow. Because when we do, when we do, we'll grow closer to God as well. Right? Because the more we know Jesus, the more we know God. And then what happens is we can become like Mary, where we can treasure up all that we know in our hearts. So let's start treasuring the things that we know about God in our hearts. If you would, pull out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. Pull that out. Maybe you're here today, and maybe as I'm talking about knowing God, maybe as I'm talking about knowing Jesus, maybe, maybe you've never truly known him. Listen, today is the day. I want to give you the opportunity to fully and truly know Jesus. And how you do that is you just simply make a commitment to him. Make a commitment and to him. Listen, God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. 
He gave his son to live a perfect life, die on a cross and be resurrected to conquer, to conquer death and to conquer our sin so that we could be connected with him. And what we have to do as we start with a commitment to him. So if that's you and you, maybe you're here today, maybe you've never done that or maybe you did, but you walked away, I want to give you that opportunity. You can simply check mark that box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to believe that God loved you so much. And I want you to receive that forgiveness for your sins. And I want you to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today. Maybe God's just speaking to you. Maybe for you, maybe you walked in here. Maybe, maybe you started your journey without him and you're looking for the, in the wrong places. Maybe for you, it's time to, to search in the right places and to be about his father's business. If that's you, write that down. Maybe for you, maybe you walked in with a spirit of rebellion. Right? Maybe your goal is to, to make people mad in everything you do. Listen, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus understood authority in his life. Maybe for you, it's time to, to model obedience, the obedience of Jesus. Right? Maybe for you, it's just time to grow. Whatever it is, I challenge you to write it down and then begin to live it out. There's also a place for a prayer request as well. We would love to partner with you in prayer. We want to journey with you. These connection cards are our way to, to track and journey with you, to be praying for you. So if you would, fill that out and then drop that in the offering basket in just a minute. This is also time to get any ties or offerings ready as well. So if you would, do that right now and then uh, Seth will be up with the next Thank one. you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.